You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The vault is open. I'm Pete McCarthy. It's the event that made Sandy Koufax not only a baseball star, but a cultural icon. The 1965 World Series. Koufax had just finished a second Cy Young campaign, racking up league highs with 26 wins, 27 complete games, and 335 and two-thirds innings. He also led the league in ERA and strikeouts and pitched the sixth perfect game in Major League history. Game one of the World Series was scheduled for October 6th, Yom Kippur. A member of the Jewish faith, Koufax decided he would be unable to pitch that day in deference to the holiday. Don Drysdale started in Minnesota against the Twins and lost 8-2. Koufax did start game two. He was defeated as well, 5-1. Down 2-0 in the series, the Dodgers returned to L.A. and did a number on the Twins, winning games 3, 4, and 5, outscoring the Twins by a combined margin of 18-2. Koufax tossed a complete game shutout in game five, striking out 10 despite a sore arm, famously saying afterwards he felt 100 years old. Back in Minnesota for Game 6, the Twins won 5-1, setting up a decisive Game 7. That caused Dodger manager Walter Alston to make the toughest decision of his career, to start future Hall of Famer Don Drysdale on his regular three days rest or go to future Hall of Famer Sandy Koufax on two days rest. Not a bad problem to have, but certainly not an easy choice, especially with Koufax ailing. Alston kept his decision a secret to everyone but Koufax until the day of the game, telling his team he was going with the lefty. Now setting the scene for the most important baseball game in 1965, Joe Garagiola and Byron Sam at Metropolitan Stadium in Minnesota. Good job before the game, Seth. Isn't this something? You play 162 games in a regular season. You play 36 in spring training. You play six up in the World Series. And it's all wrapped up in the nine innings that we play today. That's it. End of story. The winner's the champ. Well, the loser, he just goes home. And he waits for the World Series losing chair, which is not too hard to take, which will come around six this time. There'll be about a $3,000 difference between winner and loser right now. The bullpen crew for the Dodgers is heading out, and it's led by John Drysdale, pick number 53. For the Los Angeles Dodgers, it'll be Maury Wills to lead off, playing shortstop. Wills shortstop. Batting second, it will be the third baseman, Jim Gilliam. Gilliam at third base. Batting third, center fielder, Willie Davis. Davis in center field. In the cleanup spot, Lou Johnson in left field. Johnson batting fifth. Ron Ferry. Ferry will be in right field. Batting sixth, it will be the first baseman, Wes Parker. Parker at first base. Batting seventh, the second baseman, Dick Trzuski. Trzuski at second base. Batting eighth, John Roseborough, the catcher. Roseborough, the catcher. And batting ninth, starting pitcher, Sandy Colfax. Colfax, batting ninth. For the Minnesota Twins, leading off will be the shortstop, Sonio Versailles. Versailles is shortstop. Batting second, the center fielder, George Nasek. Nasek in center field. Batting third, the right fielder, Oliva. Tony Oliva. 
Cleveland in right field. In the cleanup spot, first baseman Killebrew, Harmon Killebrew at third base. Batting fifth, the catcher Earl Patton, Batty the catcher. Batting sixth, left fielder Bob Allison, Allison in left field. Batting seventh, John Mincher at first base, Mincher. Batting eighth is Quillacy. At second base, Quillacy. And the pitcher is Jim Cox. Cox against Colfax. The umpire for today's game, it'll be Ed Hurley at the American League behind the plate. It'll be Tony Benzon of the National League at first base. John Flaherty of the American League at second base. Ed Sudol of the National League at third base. Down the line to left field, Bob Stewart of the American League. And Ed Barco of the National League. This is it. The seventh game of the 1965 World Series. And it'll be Colfax to start and Jim Cox. It was interesting to listen to the... The way that Sandy Kofax came to find out that he was a pitcher in the clubhouse without much ceremony, Walter Austin walked over, put the ball in his locker, and that's the way they tell you. And now, ready to bring the play-by-play from the Philadelphia Phillies, here is Byron Scott. All right, y'all, thank you very much, and hello, everybody. Bloomington, Minnesota, right down to the last game of the World Series. And, of course, Scott and he's... Colfax have not been strangers. They've battled each other here and in Los Angeles. The first time around, Cox came off the victor. And the last time they met in Los Angeles, it was Colfax winning. Joe pointed out the selection of Colfax. And there have been reams of stories written about it. And Colfax and Drysdale, of course, taking it uh, just like you would expect them. They're great sportsmen. They haven't just a turn all year. Either one, I guess, would be a good selection. And as Walt Austin makes it, he said, you writers have the second guess. Maybe they'll beat Colfax, and you'll say, maybe I should have started Drysdale. But he says, I only have one choice. The big husky, lucky cock. So much is riding with him. He was an 18-game winner over the years. He pitched a brilliant game here in beating Colfax, and then was knocked out in the third inning at California. It's another packed house. The temperature reading here in Minnesota is 60 degrees. The wind is out of the northwest at 9 miles an hour, blowing to left. Uh, if anything, the ball is riding well. So let's see it. Koufax was not sharp in the first inning, walking both Tony Oliva and Harmon Killebrew. That left two on with two out for Twins catcher Earl Batty. Back-to-back walk given up. Miles to the first inning, no score, but Minnesota with an early threat. Two out. On deck is Bob Allison. The lefty with the early escape jumped to the bottom of the third, still scoreless. Zoilo Versailles, the American League MVP in 1965, and a top-notch base runner, clubs a one-out single. Joe Nosick follows along with one of the key turning points. And here's the pitch, and there goes the runner, a swing and a miss, the throw to second is late, and there he goes, he made it. Now there's a move here by the late umpire, Manager Mealy out, and Hermie is going through the motions of indicating that 
We might have had an interference call, Joe. I'm not sure, but they're calling besides facts. I don't know if it's interference as far as catcher tipping the bat. Then the Nazis would get the first base, or if it's an interference with the throw, and Versailles has to go back and that's it. Right now, Mealy and Ed Earley are discussing it, along with Nazis, who was just listening. It could be an obstruction more than an interference. Nothing. Apparently, that's what happened. He interfered on the throw, so it's really a, a double penalty in a way, and if Versailles has to go back and Nothing is out. That's a call you don't see made very often in baseball. Hurley was right on it. First, in the action of Versailles going, Nothing going on the pitch. Uh, we, had, we couldn't follow that, actually, behind the plate, so Nothing is out. Another opportunity squandered by the Twins, and we're scoreless through three. To the next frame we go. Nevertheless, we're rolling now to the top half of the fourth inning. And here to lead off for the visiting judges is Will Johnson, who takes the ball. Colfax has now racked up six strikeouts. Cott has two strikeouts. And the city lefty delivers with swing and a miss. One one. Will be all for the Dodgers offense held scoreless over the next six innings by four Twins relievers. And by the way, if you wonder why Koufax retired at just 30 years old, seemingly at the top of his game, let's let Assam and Garagiola discuss his post-game routine. One of the most interesting phases of Koufax is how they work on this fellow after he pitches the ball game. He has an athletic condition, and actually they take a couple of hours when the game is over to work over his celebrated left arm. Here is a pitch. He hits a tapper to the mound. Worthington is after the ball, and he goes inside. Colfax is out, but the other two runners are the back. That's Worthington. Over to Minkus. And right after a game, they ice 
turned down. And then, Joe, uh, as I understand it, they sort of looked at the, the circulation of that arm. Dr. Anderson, uh, I tell you, you get a regular routine. Uh, they do pack it in ice, and they uh, milk it down. Uh, much less than just uh, pretty much the same way it was down. What he described is getting the bad blood out of that. Now, I don't know whether you get good or bad blood by milking it down, but uh, these pictures, I tell you, have to take care of their arms. Go back. I tell you, though, <laughs> like this sister said, you may have one's right, but you don't get it between the first and ninth inning. <laughs> it never sees the body, but he's on the mound. Jump to the top of the fifth. One out, nobody on. Koufax, having just retired 11 of 12 when things get interesting. On the scoreboard, it's two runs, five hits, no errors for the Dodgers. No runs, one hit, one error for the Minnesota Twins. That one hit, a single by Versailles. It's Koufax on the curveball, and Versailles on a lot of rope. Right back up the middle in the center field. That's been the only face hit. Here is Quillacy, who pops the shortstop. Fast ball is the strike. Kopak in the first inning was very high with his curveball. It looked like he couldn't get loose, but since that first inning, he's been tough. He struck out six. He's walked through both games in the first inning. High inside, moving back, it's one ball, one strike, one out. Nobody on. Bottom half of the fifth inning. Andy Kopak against Alan Woodin. Jim Cott was his starter. Well, if he waits, and here's the 1 1 pitch. It's outside. That's ball two. Two balls and one strike. Quillacy takes a look at Billy Martin. In the on-deck circle is Rich Rollins. He'll be used as a pinch hitter. Here's the 2-1 pitch. Hold on. Oh, well in. Left field. Johnson going back. Back. He won't get this when it's off the wall. Quillacy rounds first. Hits for second. And we'll stop there as Johnson gets the ball back to the infield. Frank Quillacy hits one off the wall. Right to the right of the three pitch. And so Pulisci has a double, and the Twins have a base runner in second with Rich Rollins, the hitter, a big hitter. That's the second base hit for the Minnesota Twins. The single by Versailles in the third inning, and now the double by Pulisci. Rich Rollins, a right-handed batter. Thank you. 
Rich Rollins, the pinch hitter for Alan Worthy. Ready once again. Pulls the lead off second base. The pitch to Rollins. It's swung on and fouled back at two balls and two strikes. A fastball. Two and two to count. Two to nothing to score. Bottom of the fifth inning, one man out. Now, feel pretty much straight away. And two for Rollins. been a bat twice in this World Series. Here's the 2-2 two -two pitch. Curveball is high and it's ball three. Three balls, two strikes, and Kofax thought he had a strike and he walked around the mound. Roseboro flipped it to him. Three balls, two strikes to count. One man out. Leon Deck hit it for his side. Brown in the box, backed out, up with the good please. Constantly moving it back. Gets back in. A judge is flat. This is a big pitch for Sandy Kofax. The big time is back for Rollins. Full of speed. Leads off second base. One man out. Two to nothing. Dodgers lead. Bottom of the fifth. Here's now Kofax backs off the mound. Rollins backs out of the box. The real cat and mouse game going here. It's all point of a pitching pattern. Makes the hit away. Rollins says makes the pitch away. Now Kofax is rubbed across his shirt indicating... And he wanted to switch signs, and obviously Roseboro doesn't want to switch signs, and he wants to go out and find out why Kofax wants to switch. And if the figure has a good reason, you go along with it. But if he says something like, I've got a hunch, then you've got a battle on your hands. When a pitcher rubs across like that, he wants to set a sign. And before he makes the delivery, you've got to get together. You've got to make sure you're both making a life. So the last thing you want is the pitcher to say, all right, I'll throw your pitch, and up comes the big cantaloupe. Three balls, two strikes. The meeting breaks up. Full of two, second base, there's one out. Rollins is back in. Kofax is getting his time. At the belt. Delivered three, two to Rollins. It's high, and it's ball four. So Rollins draws the base on balls, and here comes manager Wallerhoff, and out of the Dodgers dugout. And this could be all for Sandy Colfax. John Frysdale has been throwing very hard. That's the third base on balls given up by Colfax. He gave up two in the first inning. And here in this fifth inning, Minkus, the first hitter, fouled out in third base from Gilliam. And in Pulisic, doubled off the left center field. And now Rick Rollins, the big hitter, has just thrown a base on balls. It's the meeting of the summit. Austin.
Koufax followed with a 1-2-3 sixth inning, and by the seventh, he was in stride. Koufax, that's his side, delivers to Big Bob Allison. Swung on, hot shot, wheels in the hole, he's shot at the long throw. This time, one out, fine play by Maury Wills. Allison hit the ball sharply in the hole, with Wills like a cat, just four foot step to his right, braced himself and cut one across, and Allison was out. Here is Don Mitchell. Go back. Take a little bit of time. And for the first time in his game, actually, he picks the rosin bag up in his hand. He just dabs at it. One on it popped up. In foul territory, Roseboro may have a play. He's waiting for it. And makes the catch. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. Two to nothing, Dodgers lead. Here's the 2-2 two -two pitch. Swung on and missed and struck him out. Bullsey out on strikes. That's eight strikeouts for Colfax. It's a 1-2-3 inning. And so at the end of the seventh inning, the score is Los Angeles 2 and Minnesota nothing. And it's two balls, two strikes. Bottom of the eighth inning. Dodgers 2. Twins nothing. Aronofsky and Drysdale in the Dodger bullpen. Harry for the Minnesota Twins. Here's the 2-2 two -two pitch. Swung on, a fly ball down the left field line. Foul territory. Lou Johnson crosses over, waiting for it. Makes the one-handed grab. Nice play by Lou Johnson. Off to it, the umpire down the line, right there to see the play. Indicates with the right hand that Johnson made the one-handed grab, and there's one out. We're trying, trying to get on. Get the tying run to the plate. One ball, two strikes, one out. Dodgers, two. Twins, nothing. Bottom of the eighth inning. Sandy Koufax. <laughs> Left-hander gets his tie. Takes off one. Koufax yet to allow a run. Only two hits against him along with two walks, both in the first, and eight punch-outs. But the lefty not yet done with his masterpiece. Two to nothing, the Dodgers lead. Bottom of the ninth. Oliva, Killebrew, and Matty. 
falls, one strikes the count on Killebrew as Kopak once again delivers. Club on a line drive, makes it left field. Killebrew is now in the single. Johnson gets the ball back to the infield, and it brings up Merrill Fanny. Killebrew singles to left. And now Kennedy comes in to talk to Sandy Kopak. There's one man out, two to nothing is the score. Now he backs off. Up into the rod and back, who's set once again. At the belt, 
Just one pitch, the fastball, Koufax managed to shut down the Minnesota Twins and win his third World Series. 
Koufax would have another season for the ages in 1966, winning a career-high 27 games and posting a career-best ERA of 1.73. The season earned Koufax his third Cy Young. Once again, the Dodgers made it to the World Series. However, they were swept by the Orioles in four games. Koufax started Game 2, allowing four runs, though only one earned in six innings, taking the loss to Jim Palmer 6-0. That would be the final start of Koufax's storied career. At just 30 years old, Koufax was done. Arthritis in his elbow had started to affect everyday things such as combing his hair, not to mention the amount of painkillers. Arthritis in his elbow had started to affect everyday things such as combing his hair, not to mention the amount of painkillers he was taking to get through a start. In 1972, Koufax was elected into the Hall of Fame, becoming the youngest former player to earn the honor. For more on Koufax, I recommend reading Jane Levy's book, Sandy Koufax. If you're interested in more on Koufax, I recommend reading Jane Levy's book, Sandy Koufax, A Lefty's Legacy. If you have any other games or moments you'd like to hear, be sure to send an email to pete.mccarthy at mlb.com. Thanks for listening. The Vault is shut.